The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. For boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Roster brought to you by the SGPN Bowl Challenge. $250 cash and a $250 gift card is up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, December 15th, currently 11.05 on the East Coast. Here to recap what we saw on Wednesday in the association, also break down the four-game schedule here on Thursday night in the NBA. And joining me today to help me break down the card, you guys know him on The Voice on the WNBA Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast the NFL Gambling Podcast, of course, here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. Man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? I'm looking forward to going through Thursday's card. I know Wednesday was profitable for me in the end. Lost the luck with the Raptors. Disappointing showing there, giving up 120-plus points at home. But ended up having Lillard uh, 35-plus points at plus 250, which got there. Uh, if you didn't know, Damian Lillard, pretty good at basketball. Yeah, just just a little bit. He's he's he's, he's pretty good. Um, How'd your day go? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday wasn't too bad. I had the under in the uh, Cleveland and Dallas game. Uh, that one uh, came through fairly easily. I did get burned by the Golden State Warriors first quarter. Um, they were leading pretty much throughout that first quarter until there was a crazy lineup change in that game. Um, at towards the end with Steph Curry in there with a bunch of maybe. See guys from that squad. I know Clay Thompson sat out yesterday, but um, what else did I have yesterday? Um, oh, yeah, the over in the Pistons and the Hornets game. Mm. I saw that uh, a note came across that LaMelo Ball got upgraded to questionable. I was like, well, if he's going to be upgraded to questionable, that means he's probably going to be playing here tonight. So I just automatically went in there and then bet the over as soon as I saw that news. Again, fairly came in easily in that game. Do you enjoy uh, Clifford's post-game presser about how nobody on his team even tries to play defense? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I think you commented that he's uh, either listening to the pod or he should be listening to the pod. I said that he probably does because <laughs> Terrell and I, the only breakdown we had on that game, even for both teams with Detroit, we said Duran might guard somebody, but we said both teams basically have nobody that cares about defense. Yeah. And then in the post-game, Clifford literally called out his entire team for nobody wanting to play defense, which is right on brand for what we thought we would see. It's even worse with Lamelo because Lamelo is easily a bottom five defensive guard in the league. He can't guard anybody. But yeah, definitely an entertaining game between two bad teams. But good for Clifford, defensive-minded head coach. Nobody on his team cares about defense. And I know usually you can blame the coach for you know whatever goes wrong because you don't want to blame the players. But yeah. at some point, the players have to buy in because I know that Clifford is a defensive-minded head coach. Mm -hmm. And I know it went to overtime yesterday. His team gave up 140-plus points to a Detroit team with no Cade Cunningham. Yeah, I don't think I can fully blame that on Clifford. I think his team just doesn't care about guarding anybody. And as he said in the presser, they only care about scoring points. Yeah, the uh, Detroit Pistons last night shot 51.6% from the field. Um, they they 37 free-throw attempts, I think. Uh, 30, yeah, 36 free throw attempts. They went 27 of 36 from the free throw line. Um, they only gave up 52 points inside the paint, but again, they, yeah, like you mentioned, they knocked down their threes, they hit their free throws and, um, yeah, that was pretty much a game where if you bet the over, it was pretty stress-free. And last night, Scott, there were a lot of overs last night. I think 10 games on schedule. I think the over went seven and three and some of these games just went over by a large, large margin. Um, just talked about the Pistons game, even though that game went into overtime. Uh, Knicks and Bulls also went into overtime. I don't know if you want to touch on that game, but that last possession by Julius Randle, I don't know what that play call was or what he was thinking. 
Uh, well, the play call didn't exist because that's what Thibodeau does. He just wants Randall to isolate every single time late in shot clock situations, and they don't call any plays. And I'm in a couple group chats with the Knicks fans. Of course, I'm not a Knicks fan, but I live in New York, so I naturally am in a couple of group chats. And they were all just talking about how they've seen Randall miss that exact same shot about 15 times in the last three years, and that really wasn't that surprising. But they managed to rally. They won it in overtime. Unfortunately, I did have a personal play on the Bulls team total under at around 114.5, and and they finished with 117 in regulation. They shot 67% in the second half. Excluding overtime. So the Bulls were on pace to finish somewhere in the high 100s, low 110s. And then they shot 58.4% in regulation and still finished only with 117. So I I don't know if I want to call that officially a bad beat. But when the team you're against goes nuclear, I think shooting 67% and a half is nuclear. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. So I kind of lost there. But I did have the next money line and that ended up getting there. Uh, the other over he didn't mention was, well, there's two. You had the Magic scoring 50 points in the first quarter. Yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta actually made that a single-digit game there in the third quarter. So it looked like Orlando might have been on the verge of a ridiculous collapse. That ended up not happening. We can talk about Atlanta in a bit, but the whole team's injured. And then you're looking at the Wizards game, which turned into a track meet as well against Denver. Yeah. Shout out to Denver, by the way. They almost pulled off a feat I've never seen before. They almost scored 100 points in the paint yesterday. For 98 98 points in the paint. That is incredible. 98 points inside the paint. They shot 65.1% from the field. Jokic last night, 17 of 20. Just got whatever he wanted inside the paint. He finished up shooting 85% from the floor. Um, Did he record a triple-double last night? No, he fell two assists two assists short. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, another game which was very, very high scoring. And Denver in that game scored at least 30 points in every single one of those quarters. Opened the quarter by scoring, sorry, opened the game by scoring 38 in that first quarter, and then they wrapped up the fourth quarter by scoring 39. You know, somebody had the over on Jamal Murray for points, and they oh. looked at the one, they looked at the 140, and you're like, all right, I'm probably set. And Jamal Murray scored uh, scored five points. Yeah, he only had six shot attempts, too, in that game last yeah, night. He only had five. I actually watched a bit of the fourth quarter there just because I was intrigued. It was a track meet. I kind of had to watch it. But yeah. Jokic is uh, something else, tell you that much. But you think poor Zingas stock is at an all-time high when he misses a game and the Wizards allow 98 points in the paint? Yeah. Season, I mean, look, everybody's... Uh, kind of well, was doubting him when he was ever in Dallas, but and since they made that trade from Dallas to Washington, um, you know, ever since I think last season he did, was dealing with a couple injuries, uh, no shock, but you know, this season he's been healthy and he's been playing great basketball. He's averaging what twenty two and nine for the season. So yeah, yeah definitely did. I'm like I'm like stuff. half I'm like half joking, but you know, you figured the Wizards with Gafford and some other guys could maybe somewhat manage in the paint. Sure, ninety eight points allowed in the paint. That's yeah, that's uh, uh, that. Yeah, that is definitely scary. Bone Highland also had a great game last night. Uh, 28 points. He finished. Sorry, 28 minutes. He finished up with 23 points for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, 8-11 from the floor. But yeah, easy work for at least scoring wise for the Denver Nuggets last night. Uh, you mentioned the Sacramento and the Toronto game. Um Toronto needs to win that game. I, I understand yeah. Ananobi's out, and I get the fact that he's been one of the best defensive players in the league. I know he's on the short list for the Defensive Player of the Year award, but mm-hmm. Sacramento's on a back-to-back. Yes, I know they got blown out against Philly, so they could bench some of the starters earlier, so fatigue wasn't a serious issue. But it's a back-to-back with a California team traveling to Toronto in yeah. the middle of December. Yeah, You can't give up 124. That just no. can't happen. Yeah, and again, Sabonis last night had a great game. He finished up with 21 yeah, 20 points. 20 20. Yeah. yeah, 20 rebounds, 7 assists uh, for Sabonis last night. Darren Fox, um, he's been having some bad shooting games, but he still had a bad shooting game last night overall, 9 of 23, but he did finish the game with 27 points and 10 assists in that game. Uh, Fred Van Vliet uh, decided to show up last night. He finished the game with 39 Eight rebounds and five assists. That's what I'm saying, though. You got a 39 piece from Van Vliet, and he couldn't beat a team on on a back to back. Like yeah, that's and a, a serious problem. Yeah, and a 27 from Scotty Barnes too last night. So. Yeah, 27 and 10. Yeah. So yeah, 
Not defense was not a priority last night, at least in uh, seven of the ten games last night. But a couple of clunkers or as far as uh, underbetters. Uh, Cleveland goes into Dallas. They get the 105-90 victory, um, led by Donovan Mitchell. Finished up with the game with 34 points in that game. Dallas uh, is so brutal, man. They're so especially bad. At, yeah, it's just it, yeah, it's not good for them right now. I think they. It was a, I think it was a tough matchup defensive-wise for them as well because the Cavs do a great job of defending the paint, and they're also good at defending the three-point line as well. So it was really going to be about how are the Mads going to generate offense, and they really weren't able to. Um, I think I want to say how many – 39 of their 90 points came from uh, the three-point line, and then I think they only managed like 26 points out of the paint because, again, like we mentioned, Cavs are one of the best uh, – Who's going to score in the pan for them? You're looking yeah, at Luca exactly, on drives, yeah, and yeah. even Christian Wood. He's more of a finesse big man. Yeah, I saw a note yesterday. Somebody, I you know, should have uh, uh, referenced someone who treat, tweeted this out. That I don't know if it's just coincidence, but when Christian Wood plays 28 or more minutes for this uh, Dallas Mavericks team, they're 0 and 8 so far this season. Well, I know you're not the biggest Wood fan because of his time in Houston. So he's a fun story because he's significantly better in terms of talent than Kleber or some of the other centers that the Mavericks roll out there. But he's a flawed player, but he can score. So, you know, he gives you some type of offensive boost because he can give you some buckets. The issue is, which we talked about, he has a very, I'd say, selfish style of basketball. And yeah. Christian Wood, I don't think, has ever made his team actually better. No. So I don't think so either. Uh Jake pointing out, yeah, Tyler Hero had a great game last night as yeah, well. 35. Uh yeah, I finished up with 35 points in 40 minutes. Hit the game winning shot for the Miami Heat as they squeak out the victory against the OKC Thunder 110-108. Um, Bam finished up with 15 points and 13 rebounds. Um, and all five starters for the Oklahoma City Thunder finished up in double figures uh, for their team, but just wasn't enough. They didn't get much of a contribution from their bench just because they are dealing with some injuries, and it's, again, the starters really did play some heavy minutes last night for the OKC Thunder. Uh, anything else from last night, Scott? Uh, Minnesota, just a terrible basketball team. Uh, that was a hideous game of basketball against the Clippers. It was ugly. It was very bad. I believe the Clippers were shooting about 29% from the floor through about two and a half quarters. Then they actually made some shots, and the game was over. I know D'Angelo Russell didn't play for Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I've been roasting that team all season long. I don't sound like a fully broken record with that team. Are we sure they make the play in? Minnesota? I'm not sure they do. I don't think so either. They're bad. Somebody's going to get left out. They are really bad. And I, I thought that this team was going to be really in some serious trouble for the immediate future with the Gobert trade. I didn't think they'd be this bad in year one. I didn't think it would be good, but I didn't think they'd be on the verge of missing the play-in. And yes, I know the season's not even basically a third of the way through. They're not making progress in any direction. Yeah. I mean, look, they last night they had, they scored 50 points inside the paint. So 50 of their 88 points came from inside the paint, but at a point that they, I was watching this game early, and the Clippers had four points with about five minutes left in the first quarter. Minnesota jumped out on them, and they did. But at the same time, the Clippers kind of still hung on in mm-hmm. the first quarter. They were only down by two. They were only down by what five at the half, and then the offense did show up for the Clippers in the second half, where they outscored the Minnesota Timberwolves was it sixty-one to forty-five um, to eventually. I mean, law of averages, you know, the percentages were going to, you know, come back to a the norm. positive regression, I guess yeah. that's what I'm trying to say, for the Clippers last night. But, um, yeah, Clippers got the victory 99-88. If I had to put a gun to your head right now, Scott, which team makes the play in tournament? Is it the Lakers or is it the T-Wolves? Well, first of all, this escalated quickly because now I have a gun at my head. But, okay. <laughs> um, uh, if I had to pick between the two – I really don't like that. I don't like either team. I guess I'd argue the Lakers if I had to pick between the two, because I think the Lakers will at least make some moves at the deadline. They still have picks they want to get rid of. They still should trade Westbrook. I don't care what the sixth man of the year award says or what the odds are. Westbrook is killing this team, especially late in games. He's absolutely disastrous late in games. And that's why I think he shouldn't win the award is because you can't, win an award for being this impactful bench player 
but you belong nowhere near the court when the game actually matters. So I don't think Westbrook should win the award, but if you're asking what I think the Lakers can do, they at least have some draft capital. There's rumors they're trying to trade Patrick Beverly. I don't know who would want him, but the point is the Lakers are actually willing to make moves. What moves do the Timberwolves have? They traded everything in their future for Gobert. They don't have any moves. Unless they I trade think, away D'Angelo Russell in theory. Yeah, I think that's what I was going to mention is that they probably end up trading D'Lo at the trade deadline. Maybe D'Lo I, for Pat Bev, some type of package they can work out. I don't know. I don't know if the money works out, but. I don't know either, but I'm just saying if I had to pick, if I only could pick between the Lakers and the Timberwolves on who had a better shot, I would pick the Lakers because at least they have two superstar players that yeah. could be the best player on the floor in any given night. I don't think Minnesota has any of those guys. I don't think Gobert's ever the best player on the floor. Edwards yeah. has been terrible this year. There's no spacing. So yeah. they basically turn him into a spot of three-point shooter. Cat's yeah. injured, but Cat's the same way. You turn him into a spot of three-point shooter because Gobert's clogging the lane. At least the Lakers have serious high-end talent at two positions. I'm not sure the Timberwolves even have that at more than one position, or even they don't have that at one position. Do they? I mean, Gobert is technically an elite center based on defense, but offensively, sure. he's a disaster. Yeah. And even in that game against the Clippers last night, he had 9-9 nine and nine in the first half. He had two points and four rebounds the entire second half. Yeah. Well, right now, Lakers and Wolves are on the outside looking in into that play-in bracket. Um, I'm not sure either gets in, but if I had to pick between the two, I'd probably take the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I think one thing, one more uh, note, and news that we probably should mention is that Steph is pro is or he is going to miss a couple games here. We're just gonna have to find out how severe that uh, shoulder injury is. He did suffer last night when he left the game against the Indiana Pacers. So I think he was supposed to get an MRI today, uh, but I think the news already came out that he is going to be missing a couple games here uh, at minimum for the uh, Golden State Warriors, who again on the road, just not a very good home team. Uh, sorry, good uh, road team right now, two and thirteen overall. On the road at home, they take care of business at 12 and 2. But now, probably going to be without your best player, maybe for at least a couple weeks, Scott. Either a couple weeks or a couple games. Yeah. It's a week tops. But the way that I see it, I'll ask you this because I've been critical of Golden State early this season. Same with Miami. I was pretty early to the party on, you know, being concerned about some of the teams that were expected to be really, really good this Mm. season. What's the panic level at from 1 to 10 on Golden State? Because I understand you have a lot of championship pedigree. I understand that you still have talent on your roster, and Wiggins is one of your best two-way players, and he's been injured. You can't go through an entire season being unable to win road games, and now Steph's hurt. Are we at like a 7 now? It's not good. Uh, I would – I'm still at like a 5 or a 6. Okay. Um. Yeah, you, I mean, they have the championship pedigree, like you mentioned, but I also think that this team isn't afraid to go out and make a move to go out and acquire another star talent. I mean, they have the young pieces and draft picks to, you know, make a move if they feel like they need to. I think uh, I think we're kind of underrating them not having Andrew Wiggins right now just because he's been so good for them ever since he's kind of found his role with his Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. team where he doesn't night in and night out have to come out and be that guy like he was, I guess, required to when he was with Minnesota. He's kind of found his role as probably, what, the third, fourth best player on this team where he can just come out and play defense, get you 15 to 19 points per night. And I think... You can argue all around, including defense, Wiggins is probably the second best player on the team at the Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, So I think they're missing him a little bit. Um, So, you know, once they get him back, I think they're going to be okay. But I think for sure, Scott, that they are going to make some type of move at the trade deadline. They have to. Yeah, they have to. Yeah. But I think Kaminga's untouchable unless you get a a godfather offer and you can't refuse it. But I think Kaminga's basically untouchable. He's actually been very solid the last couple games. I think the real pieces are going to be Wiseman or Moody. Yeah. Maybe Wiseman. both. I think those yeah. are probably the two you move. I don't know who would really want Wiseman right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in our, you can make an argument that, you know, top three pick in the draft, you can fix him and some team will give something up for him. I don't know how much he goes for on the market. Same thing with Moody. Kaminga would go for a decent amount, but I think that he's actually a very solid player and he has a lot of upside and he's yeah. shown some of it. I don't think the Warriors would get rid of him. Yeah, there seems like 
I mean, Toronto is the first thing that comes to mind that probably needs a big man inside that can rebound the basketball, give you some type of protection at the rim. Um, and, you know, there's teams out there that are probably willing to make that move for a guy like Wiseman. And, I think and, teams know. would make the move. I'm just not yeah. sure what type of immediate pieces you'd get sure. back that would yeah. imme- that would really help out your bench. I'm not sure how many options there really are. Yeah. Um, anything else from last night, Scott, before we get into the games for today? No, I think that kind of wraps it up. Um, we covered almost every game there, but yeah. a lot of overs, uh, a lot of bad defensive play, but for the most part, a couple of really good games, and yeah, I feel like we kind of covered everything. All right. Uh, before we get into the games for tonight, let me tell you guys about a presenting sponsor. That's going to be WinBet. If you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in the same game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 years older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also back with Underdog Fantasy, and if you haven't signed up already, you can still get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code SGPN. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match. And Underdog is great for their weekly Battle Royal format as well as getting ready and an early start for their playoff best ball uh, drafts. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, Scott, four games on the schedule here tonight. Uh, a little bit of later starts here uh, on Thursday evening. It's going to be the first game on the schedule. Let's go with the 8 o'clock Eastern start between the Miami Heat uh, in my part of town in Houston to take on the Houston Rockets. Uh, Miami, last night we talked about it, are on a back-to-back, uh, uh, sorry, back-to-back game here. Did get the victory last night against the Oklahoma City Thunder, 110-108 on a game-winning shot by Tyler Hero. Uh, let's start with the opening lines in this game. I'm currently seeing that the Miami Heat opened up as a four and a half point road favorite here. Uh, that number has been bet down to minus four. Total opened up at 223 and a half. That number has been bet down to 218 and a half, is what I'm seeing consensus. Uh, checking the injury report, uh, not yet one submitted for the Miami Heat again because they did play last night. Um, I would expect some guys to sit. Um, maybe Jimmy Butler does play tonight, being back in his uh, home city in Houston. Uh, for the Houston Rockets, pretty clean injury report. Uh, other than Jay Sean Tate, everybody is a go for the Houston Rockets. Uh, this season, Scott, the Miami Heat, I'm sorry, are 1-4 against the spread in back-to-back situations. The Houston Rockets at home this season, 7-3-1 and one against the spread over their last 10 home games in the first half the Houston Rockets nine and one against the spread so far this uh sorry over the last 10 games but let's start with the side here uh Miami on a back-to-back laying four points in Houston here tonight Scott what do you like about this game I think I have to lean to Houston here because they have actually been very good at home and they've been some good teams now I know the Phoenix has fallen apart but they're still a playoff team won that game from start to finish beat Milwaukee and yes Giannis played in that game beat Philly, and they also ended up beating Oklahoma City. So Oklahoma City's not any good. But you're looking at their last couple of home games. I didn't even mention they beat Atlanta. So Houston is actually 5-0 and straight up in its last five home games. I think there's value on the Rockets, especially against an aging Miami team that tends to rest players all the time. Now, Jimmy Butler, I think, is going to play because they did not play him yesterday. It seemed calculated. They were going to use him in this game. The point is, as you said before, they're going to rest some guys, and I think this is a tag team maneuver. I think that they're basically going to sub out half the starters, bring in Butler, and hope that he can do enough by himself to basically cause them to potentially win a game just by missing several starters. I'm going to take Houston. And I'm not saying Houston's a good team, but they're above 500 at home, 
which is saying a lot because they're nine games under overall. But the Rockets, once again, won five straight home games. You're going to keep getting plus money on them, and the Heat are probably going to bench a bunch of guys. So I'll take Houston getting points. I like how they've played lately. They're not a good team, but they've played better, and that's good enough for me. Yeah, uh, I think I want to stick with the Rockets here tonight. They're, they're playing well uh, so far this season at home, especially. Uh, I know early on we talked about that. Um, when was the last time you think Houston's won five straight home games? James Harden? Yeah, probably James Harden. Yeah, definitely did happen last season for sure. It's probably when James Harden was here with uh, the Rockets. Um, yeah, look, uh, this this team right now for the Rockets, they're playing hard. I talked to, We talked about this on Tuesday. Um that they were just those young guys were tired of losing games early on in the season. And I also said that their schedule was loaded a front of their, the front half of the schedule, or at least our front quarter of the schedule so far this season with a lot of road games. And now they're back at home. They're playing good basketball. It seems like game by game, they're getting better. Um, just comfortable getting to play with each other, whether that's with Jabari Smith, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Smith, sorry, Jalen uh, Green. Jabari uh, Smith's been good lately. Yeah, and he's been knocking down those three-point shots as well. And and that number has been priced at plus money every single game. And I don't know why the market hasn't adjusted, but I think if, if you go back and look at his game log, he's been knocking down those three-point shots at least three per game uh, so far uh, throughout the course. I don't know if you want to go back probably the last couple weeks or even further than that, he's been knocking it down to a consistent base. And defensively, we saw it against the Bucks that Jabari Smith did an absolutely fantastic job against uh, Giannis in that game against the Bucks. And I think that, you know, despite how bad this team last year was defensively, getting Jabari Smith has really obviously helped them on the defensive side of the basketball. Um, first half, this team has been great, have been the Houston Rockets, like I mentioned, nine and one. Uh, overall in their last 10 games. Uh, and I think I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go with the first half in this game for the Rockets on the spread here. I'm trying to see what that number is for them. And that probably should be a plus two. I'm assuming it's going to uh, be two, two and a half. Yeah, let me see here. Um, I'll try to dig that up, but it's probably at yeah, two, two I and see, a half. I see two flat. Okay. Yeah, I like the plus two there. I think that they could be within that number or possibly tied or leading at the half like they have been over their past several home games. So I like them plus two in the first half. I can't shy away from the first half either. Sorry, full game either at plus four right now. And like I mentioned, uh, Miami is one and four against the spread um, in back-to-back situations so far this season. Uh, thoughts on the total here, Scott? We're currently seeing a number of 218.5 over on win bet. I think I have to like the under. Miami's on a back-to-back, but Houston defensively has been very good, giving up less than 98 points in each of the last two games. Miami, we know, doesn't exactly play at a fast pace. Houston kind of does, but we thought they would play a lot faster before the season started. But they've been good defensively, and I think as a result, this total might be a little bit too high, not to mention the fact Miami might bench half their starters. So I'm on the under, and this total's a little bit too high. Yeah, I like the under here as well. Um, You mentioned it. Rockets have been playing better defensively. Uh, Miami, I know, haven't been the world beaters of a great defensive team like they have been in the past, but I, I think that when they want to put the clamps down, they can. And I think when Jimmy Butler is in this lineup, the the, the defense is obviously better uh, with Butler in the lineup as well. Uh, I know we don't see any player props uh, listed yet just because we're waiting for the injury report. For the Miami Heat, who's going to be in, who's going to be out, but any players you may be targeting in this game? It's going to be Butler if I had to start anywhere because I, I do think Miami's going to bench a decent portion of their team here, especially after winning. If they lost to OKC, I think they would have they would have potentially maybe kept some guys in, but they won. So I think now they have the full excuse of, all right, we stole one, time to bench half the team. So I think that's definitely a guy to look at either for points, maybe triple-double if they're missing enough players because Butler's going to have the ball in his hands the entire time. I know he had a triple-double against the Rockets back in uh, 2021. So I know that he's definitely capable of doing it, but I think he's going to play a bunch of minutes because if he end up benching the starters or a decent amount of them, then Butler's going to have to do a lot of the heavy lifting. So I don't mind Butler assuming a couple starters are out, uh, but when it comes to all the other players, I can't really predict much because I don't know who's going to play. Maybe Bam double-double, but I don't know if he's going to play or not. So we'll see. Okay. 
Um, all right, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be another 8 o'clock Eastern start here for the probably the game of the night here. Milwaukee Bucks he- headed to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies here tonight. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, currently seeing the Milwaukee Sorry, the Memphis Grizzlies are actually opened up as a one and a half point home favorite. That number is now at minus two uh, consensus. Total opened up at 226 and a half. Uh, that number has stayed at 226 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Desmond Bain continues to be out for the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, and that is pretty much it. For the Milwaukee Bucks, Drew Holiday will be out tonight with a non COVID related illness. Uh, AJ Green, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver, is good to go for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and Marjan Bochamp is also probable here tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks. Here, um, we'll start here with the side here, Scott. Uh, Memphis have just been one of those teams like they have been over the past couple of seasons where they've just been so good at home. They are 13 12 and 2 overall against the spread. 10-3 and 1 against the spread against uh sorry at home so far this season. They're 8-3 and 1 against the spread as a home favorite. Um so let's start with the side here. Uh, uh minus 2 here for the Memphis Grizzlies. What do you like? For me, I feel like Milwaukee is going to be the obvious public dog of the night because yeah. they just beat Golden State by 20. Giannis is a phenomenal player. Like there's a lot of reasons why people can like Milwaukee. I'm going to take Memphis there has been some line movement on Memphis. I believe they opened up at around one, one and a half. Now they're up mm-hmm. to two. It seems pretty sharp to me. Memphis has been so good at home. They've been one of the best teams in the league at home this season. And Milwaukee's been fine on the road. But when you're against John Morant, who should be returning to the lineup, you kind of need all hands on deck defensively in the backcourt. And Drew Holiday's already been ruled out. So I think Josh should have a field day here. I'm worried about Dylan Brooks potentially sabotaging the team because he (laughs) might always do that with his volume. But the Grizzlies, unlike most teams in the league, actually have the front court depth to match up against the Bucs. And the Bucs have Brooke Lopez. They have Giannis. They have Portis. They have a lot of guys who can result in a rebounding mismatch or just solid paint defense. The Grizzlies have also just a plethora of bodies to throw down low, and I think that's going to result in a pretty even matchup. But I think when push comes to shove, Jaw is going to get whatever he wants. And I do think that even though Giannis is a phenomenal player, I think Memphis can match up better against him than most other teams can. But it's mostly backing Memphis at home. This team at home is crazy, and they've made me a lot of money this season backing them at home. I'll keep backing them at home. It seems very trappy, but I'm not going to fall for it. I'll take the Grizzlies. Yeah, both these teams are top five in defending the paint uh, this season. Memphis being number one uh, as a team, points scored inside the paint. But when you're going up against guys like Giannis, Brooke Lopez, uh, who can defend the paint very well, I think that's going to be a tall order here tonight for the Memphis Grizzlies uh, as far as scoring points. But um, And again, Memphis is also number five uh, as far as defending the paint, uh, only allowing 47.3 points per game. Milwaukee really doesn't score much inside the paint. It's really Giannis. They are ranked number 21 in points out of the paint. I think majority of their points really do come from uh, beyond the three-point line where they do average 13 makes per, uh, per game. That has been a weakness for the Memphis Grizzlies uh, this season where they rank number 26 out of 30 teams and makes allowed per game. Um, I'm with you on Memphis here as well. This does seem like the this public dog. Yeah, it sinks. And, and I think – the line last night were the Golden State Warriors, and I think Pacers was probably similar to this, uh, where we would expect the general. I think the general public thought, "Hey, the Warriors are only a one-point favorite in Indiana tonight. Why not?" Uh, yeah, but I, I, I took Indiana know. last night. But yeah, the- and they just don't know that it, the Golden State Warriors have not been very good on the road this season. But and they're on a back-to-back. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I'm with Memphis here as well. Um, Thoughts on the total here, Scott? I just see a track meet. I'm, I, I'm track. trying to make a case for the under because I mentioned how good the paint defense is for both teams. I just think the pace is going to be crazy in this game. I'm just expecting all the superstars to show up. I think Ja might go for 30. Maybe Giannis goes for 40. We'll see what happens. But 227 with two very, very potent offenses, I think it's a little low. I'm going to lean to the over. I don't feel like insanely great about it, but I do think that 
you could see each team get to 114, and that's good enough for me. So I'll look at the over. Yeah, I was looking actually at the under in this game. Um, Milwaukee on the road so far this season have the worst offensive rating uh, at 103.6, and they have the best defense uh, on the road I didn't so even far know this that. season. They're really dead last on the road. Yeah, dead last. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, yeah, 103.4. And they you have wouldn't the best guess it because they're seven and four straight up on the road. So you wouldn't yeah. have assumed, but. Um, and then for the Memphis Grizzlies at home, they have the best defense uh, at home at 104.6. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards the under in this game. I think that, yeah, you're right. That if there is a chance for this to get to get to get over the total, it would have to be that these both teams I would have to get up and down the floor because the half court defenses, I think, will both step up for both of these teams. So, and you know, uh, Morant's going to want to run on yeah. any, any situation. Yeah. So I'll lean with the under in this game. Uh, any player props you're looking at in this game here, Scott? It's got to be Ja, right? I mean, Drew yeah. Holiday's out. No offense to Javon Carter. I think that he's a very solid defensive player, but he's not Drew Holiday. And you're looking at Jao hasn't played in about a week. He has an immediate matchup against the Bucks. His points prop is 27 and a half. You can maybe make an argument for a double-double. I just think that Jaw is going to have himself a hell of a game. We know he gets to the line a bunch. I think he's going to be ready to make a statement at home in his first game in about a week. I think Ja could walk into 30 here. So I'll probably look at Jaw props. Yeah, I was going to assist and rebounds here for Jaw here tonight as well. It's at 14 and a half at even money, but... Um, on the season, I think he's averaging – let me see here. I had it in front of me. Uh, he's averaging 6.6 rebounds and 7.6 assists overall in the season, but he sees an uptick when he's at home so far this year. Seven, uh, 7.3 rebounds per game at home and 8.7 assists per game at home so far this season. Um, so maybe a PRA or, or if you just want to take points for John Morant here mm-hmm. um, for this game. Anything else, Scott, for player props? Not really. Uh, potentially some blocks. If I was looking at maybe Lopez or Jaron Jackson, I think you will see yeah. a lot of paint shots in this game. So I do think you'll end up seeing a bit of a block party in there. But for the most part, not really. You have any thoughts on Javon Carter, maybe over seven and a half points? Because he should get a decent amount of minutes. The concern's foul trouble, but with Holiday being out, doesn't seven and a half feel pretty low for a guy who should get a bit of a boost in minutes? Yeah, and I'm assuming he's going to be the starter tonight. I think he has to, well, right? right? Somebody's yeah. going to have to try to guard Ja. Yeah, and let's see here. I know you got Middleton now, so you could argue there's less shots available for Carter, but yeah. if he's going to be on the court for 30-plus minutes, seven and a half? That sounds pretty low. Yeah, in the last two games, he's played 28 minutes each, and he's only gotten up a combined eight shot attempts. He's had nine points in one game. He had four points in the other game. Um, and I think you're right. That's probably has some more to do with Chris Middleton being back in the in the shots really going to him. Uh, what do you think about his points prop, Chris Middleton? It's at 18 and a half. I think I have to lean to the over. I'm not sure who Dylan Brooks is going to guard, though. I'm assuming yeah. he's going to guard Middleton. I've roasted Dylan so. Brooks for his offensive concerns, but defensively, he's still a good player. Yeah. So I think he'll be able to get into Middleton. I think he'll make him work for his baskets. But I do think that that number might look a little bit low because Middleton has looked better over the last couple of games. Um, trying to think of any other props I might be tempted by. Uh, for points, I don't really see much. Maybe Bobby Portis at 13 and a half. I know that he's been very good with that second unit. Uh, Terrell and I he really loved his matchup last time out, and I believe he went for 25 and 10. Do you have any thoughts on Portis at 13 and a half? Because we know that all, with the bench unit, Portis can really put up some numbers very quickly. Yeah, I think you guys nailed it in the last game, right? We had a big matchup advantage against was it the Warriors game. Yeah, we thought uh, they would, he would just dominate on the inside. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. He's been really good for them with that second unit because he pretty much is a scoring option, especially when the bench is so thin, right? With no Drew Holiday, you put Javon Carter into the starting lineup and it's real at Bobby Portis. God, who else is in that second unit? I can't even think of it off the top of my head for for this team. Um, you know, they got Pat Covington back as well. But, yeah, I don't hate it at 13 and a half at even money. Uh, I think it's worth a shot. Yeah, I, I just feel like with the ability for him to operate with the second unit and with the overall trust the team has in him, as they should, because he's been a very good player ever since that he got ever since he got to Milwaukee and he helped them win a ring, 13 and a half is even money. 
Like yeah. I, I can see him having himself like a fifteen and eight game, something yeah. like that in this game. Uh let's see. Bobby Portis. Um yeah, he had twenty five last game. He had seventeen against Houston. 18 against Orlando. So if he's getting the minutes, if he's playing 25 plus minutes, he usually gets the points um, and over his point projection point projection, because I've, I'm looking just at his game log that if he, that magic number seems like 25 minutes is a number where he gets over these points projections uh, for the uh, bench of the Milwaukee bucks. All right. Uh, let's get over to the next game of the night um, rematch or same game. Um, same opponent, I guess we can say for both of these teams. And as many nights, that's going to be the New Orleans Pelicans in Utah to take on the Utah Jazz. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the New Orleans Pelicans at minus two. That number has been bet down to minus one and a half. Total opened up at 231 and a half. That number has been, um, I still see 231 and a halves out there. I also see 232 out there. I also see a 233 out there. So the total is kind of all, all over the place here. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start with the road team, the Pelicans. They are going to be out uh, without, I'm sorry, Jose Alvarado. He's dealing with a right rib contusion. Brandon Ingram continues to be out for the Pelicans with the low left toe injury. And then for the Utah Jazz, Colin Sexton continues to be out as well. He's dealing with a right hamstring issue, and that is pretty much it for the Utah Jazz. These two teams did match up the other night where the Jazz took care of business in that game, 121-100. Zion in that game finished up with, I believe, 25 points for – sorry, 26 points, nine rebounds for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Not a great shooting night overall for the New Orleans Pelicans, especially from the three-point line where they went four of 27, uh, shooting only 14.8%. They shot 40% overall from the floor. Scott, I think the, the difference in that game really was that the the Pelicans were plus 33 from beyond the arc, but the Pelicans – sorry, I the Jazz the, were – Utah was plus Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, the Jazz were plus 33 from – three-point line and the pelicans were plus 14 from the free throw line they shot 21 more free throws than uh the utah jazz in that game and they also got out rebounded to the pelicans 59 to 43 but uh rematch here between these two teams in as many nights here scott what do you like about this game i think this game should be basically a pick them so i think the line is pretty much spot on uh, you mentioned the three-point numbers. I'll also mention that Zion scored, as you said, 26-9. and nine. The caveat there is that he got into foul trouble. So he scored 26 points and had nine rebounds in only 26 minutes of action. Yeah, I think he's going to play a lot more than 26 minutes. So you can argue both those might balance themselves out, and there might be some value on New Orleans. I think I'm going to lean Utah. I think Utah is just a good matchup against New Orleans because they want to go big. They can't, they can't use Valanchunas in this matchup. They just can't. Valanchunas gets played off the floor with a Linux ability to stretch the floor. They have Walker Kessler off the bench. They have a couple of good big man options there in Utah. I think I'm going to lean to the Jazz. They're 2-0 straight up against New Orleans this season. They've been very good at home. They're technically an underdog, kind of. So I guess that fits the Utah you know, mold there. But I don't know. I, I just feel like Utah has a certain amount of depth that can really give the Pelicans problems. You mentioned Alvarado might not be playing or he's out, so that's going to affect the point guard depth. Mm -hmm. Now, Zion could get whatever he wants that I'm aware of, but defensively, I feel like New Orleans struggles with the pace that Utah plays at, and they get a lot of odd man just transition opportunities because of it. I think I'm going to lean Utah here. I know most people probably take New Orleans because they expect them to split I prefer to bet the splits when you have a home and road situation as opposed to two straight games at home. I think I'm going to lean Utah. I just feel like this team has matched up quite well against New Orleans. They scored 120 plus in each of the two meetings this season. I think I'm going to lean Utah. I don't feel great about it, though. I'm all over Zion points. I think Zion goes for 30 in gym. Yeah, you're right. I think this should be a game where Zion, you know, does get over his points projection. 26 points in 26 minutes in the last game. Foul trouble was the only thing that stopped them. At no point could Utah even consider having any type of matchup that they liked against him. Yeah, and it was really the first half where he was in foul trouble, right? Because he only finished the game with three personal fouls. And I think yeah. it was really probably early on because 
the Pelicans only scored 15 points in that second quarter. Um, I want to say he picked up his third with like nine minutes left in the first half or eight okay. minutes left, and then he got pulled, and the whole offense did absolutely nothing for the yeah. entire second quarter. So um, I, I think, really think they need C.J. McCollum to step up. I know he's been struggling shooting the ball here, but I, he there there has to be a secondary scorer to step up for this team uh, in the absence of Brandon Ingram. And I think, obviously, you brought C.J. over for a reason. Also, Trey Murphy, who has not yeah. shot that well lately. Yeah, he was 0 of 7 in that game uh, for the Pelicans, 0 of 4 from three-point line. So I think this should have a better shooting night here tonight. Um, I agree, but you, you hit the nail on the head of the issue. If you can't play Valanchunas against this team, which I don't think you can because Utah no. plays too fast, Yeah, New Orleans really does not have many complementary scores since CJ has been horrible. Yeah. So I think Utah has that luxury. I think that's the main difference. I couldn't really figure out how to verbalize it, but I think you just did for me. Yeah. I'm going to lean to Utah because they can beat you with scoring in a lot of different areas. I'm not sure New Orleans can. Now, they might not need to. Zion mm-hmm. could go for 35. They might not need it. But I do think there's a luxury there, especially in front of the home crowd, where I think we would agree that Utah's role players with Clarkson and company, you can trust more to get a bucket when you need to. New Orleans really doesn't have that. Yeah. And New Orleans is really going to have to score their points inside the paint, right? Because Utah, shockingly, is one of the better three-point defending teams in the league. They are number two in three-point three-point percentage allowed. They're uh, number one in um, uh, three-point makes allowed per game at 10.2. Uh, but again, their paint defense ranks dead last. So again, you're right that you probably want to just get on Zion player uh, points here tonight uh, in this matchup against the Utah Jazz. Um I'm going to lean towards the over in this game. I think that Pelicans should have a better shooting night. I don't think that it should can get worse than it was beyond the arc for them um, in their last game. I expect CJ to shoot better here tonight. Trey Murphy has to step up as well, and I think that the defense does take a step back, especially without Jose Alvarado. Um, what are your thoughts about the total for this game here, Scott? It's currently sitting at 232 and a half. Utah has guarded New Orleans well, but I think I have to lean to the over because I know Utah offensively has done very well against New Orleans defensively, and Zion got into foul trouble. And once again, we saw 26 points in 26 minutes. I see his player prop is at 27 and a half all day, every day. I'll take that to the bank. But I do think Zion could have a masterclass game here, and I do think New Orleans should naturally, with positive regression, shoot better from three. I like the over. I think that it's pretty telling that this game that they just played landed in the 220s, and this total is still in the 230s. I think they're daring you to take the under. I'm not going to fall for it. I like the over as well. Yeah, it feels like it's it was the same. Um, it hasn't moved much. Yeah, and I think last night, the Kings-Toronto, uh, the, sorry, the Kings and the Raptors game last night, that total was at 232.5, and, and I think a lot of people were on the under in that game. Um, where it, it flew over. Uh, so the, the same thing with the Knicks game. I think yeah. the Knicks game opened up at like 224, 224 and a half. Yeah. Closed at like 226. I didn't really know why. And then next thing you know, the game goes over. So when you see some of these line moves, it's usually pretty telling. I like to keep in mind where the line actually opens, especially for playoff series because you have an immediate rematch situation kind of like this. The fact that it's still higher by a decent margin than what the game just landed at a couple days ago I think is really daring the public to take the under. I'm not going to bite. I'll take the over. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sorry to talk about player props for this game. Anything I'm else? you're all in on Zion as well. I don't yeah, know. I think you have to be, right? Just because this team really can't defend the paint. And even if they can, they're probably just going to end up fouling Zion, which gets him free throws. He's been decent at the line recently. Yeah, so I, I think that yeah, it's I think it's a big Zion game here tonight, uh, especially only at twenty seven and a half. And like you mentioned, twenty six points in twenty six minutes. Expect him to go 30, 32 here tonight, thirty five if they need him to. But he should be able to get over his points prop here tonight. Again, maybe look at CJ McCollum assist in this game possibly, or even CJ McCollum points in the points and assist because he just has to step up here tonight. Just provide some perimeter scoring for this Pelicans team. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, last game of the night, probably uh, one of the more difficult games to handicap here, Scott, just because of the injury report. But um, it'll be the Phoenix Suns in L.A., I believe, to take on the Clippers here tonight. Yeah, it's a home game for the Clippers, home and home game for the Clippers. 
Um, this line opened up in favor of the Los Angeles Clippers, minus one and a half. Pretty much has stayed the course at minus one and a half for the Clippers. Total opened up at 220. That number has actually been bet down to 217 and a half. Do still see some 218s out there as well. Uh, looking at the injury report, uh, not yet one submitted for the Clippers. So I'm going to go ahead and make the assumption that either both or one of, for sure, I think Kawhi sits in this game. He hasn't played in a back-to-back, I don't believe. Um, Paul George maybe goes. I think John Wall will go in this game. He did sit out last night. Um, so that's kind of all over the place for the Clippers. For the Phoenix Suns, um, guys that are out for sure. Cameron Payne is out. He has a right foot uh, strain. We know that Cam Johnson has been out as well. Um, and then the two questionable tags here tonight are their other two stars. DeAndre Ayton questionable with a left ankle sprain. And then Devin Booker also questionable with a left hamstring uh, tightness. Chris Paul is a go in this game here. Uh, Scott, kind of difficult to handicap here with all the injuries and guys being in and out of the lineup. But um, what are you thinking about this game? I like the under. Uh, but I think you're going to see a pretty ugly game, especially with the Clippers on a back-to-back. Uh, but for this overall matchup, I don't. I'd be shocked if Aiton played. You said okay. it was a sprain. It happened two days ago. I don't think he's going to play in this game. I, I think that he's most likely going to sit, which means Biombo props might be tempting for rebounds. But yeah. I do think Booker has a shot at playing. I'm not sure how good the shot is. I think Booker might have a better shot at playing than Aiton. I just refuse to believe you're going to suffer a sprain and play in about a day or two. I don't see that happening. So I think Aiden's out. Booker's the most important one because this team without Booker has been useless offensively, and that's been a serious concern. I think the Clippers are going to bench half their team. It's a similar spot that we just talked about earlier with Miami. They're an older team. They won yesterday, so they might be extra likely to bench some guys. I want to make a case for Phoenix. But I really can't. The Kardashian curse is real. They're what <laughs> one in six since the tweet leaked from Kanye. Yeah, they're one in six. They're, I know, of course, I'm like being facetious, but the point is they've been terrible lately. I really want nothing to do with this team. Yeah, Mikel Bridges taking 24 shots on your team last game. Oh. Good luck to you. That's all I'm going to say. He went four for 24. Yeah, I think I'm just going to take the under. I see a very ugly game here. If Booker plays, I'll take the Suns, but I have no information on that. I really yeah. can't take the Suns without knowing who's going to play. I think you'd probably agree with me that Aiden's most likely not going to play. Yeah. I think especially it's too about, Yeah, especially when you talk about ankles, right? But even if he does play, how effective is he going to be, right? I think that's a big question. I don't know if he can move. Yeah. Um, and I think we, we, you and I have talked about this at volumes about this Phoenix Suns team is that – they just don't have a bench and they still haven't done anything really to address it. And now when your starters are injured, DeAndre Aiden, Devin Booker, campaign, a guy off the bench for you, or in it, when he was starting when Chris Paul was out, Kim Johnson, you're relying on guys like, no, and don't, no, no disrespect to these guys, but guys Damian like Lee? Damian Lee, Tory Craig. That's not something that excites me about this Phoenix Suns team. And, I think that for the Clippers, this should be an uh, opportunity where, let's just say, okay, Kawhi Leonard doesn't sit play because he hasn't played in the back-to-back. Let's just say Paul George is out there. John Wall is still out there. I think there's still enough for this Clippers team for them to win this game and then get some more victories because a lot of times we've talked about how you know, we just mentioned it that this Clippers team likes to sit a lot of their guys or guys that are dealing with injury, right? Norman Powell has been injured. John Wall, they've been injury managing. Same thing with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Luke Kennard had missed some time as well, but he is back. Um, I think that if Paul George does go, John Wall does go, I'm going to lean with the Clippers. Um, and again, Devin Booker, the hamstrings are so tricky, man. And I think it's it's hamstring talk- him in the ankle for like for Aiden. So it's not even yeah. like an arm injury where you know they could play through it. These are yeah. injuries that could linger where you know that the coaching staff will probably be more cautious than if it was injuries to other parts of the body. Yeah. And I kind of want to see how many minutes these guys played last night for the uh, Clippers. I'm assuming a decent amount because it was a physical game that was 
definitely a rock fight, but I, I it was competitive for about three and a half quarters. Yeah, so Kawhi played 31 last night. Um, Zubac, I know, left with an injury. Not sure if he's going to be able to go here tonight. I think it was a knee injury. Uh, Reggie Jackson played 26 minutes. Paul George played 33 minutes. Batum played 31 minutes. And then Trey Mann and Luke Kennard, 24 and 23, respectively. So not too much. Um, the Clippers have an advantage anyway, because if you're looking at potentially the Suns missing Booker and Aiton, worst-case scenario – the Clippers easily have a better bench. Yeah, 100%. And I think so. that's really what is probably the the difference or the edge for uh, this game here tonight is just the pure depth that this Clippers team has. So, yeah, I'll, I'll lean with the Clippers here, but no official play for me in this game. I see Daniel uh, mentioning in the comment section that the only game time decision right now for the Clippers is Zubak. As a, an NBA better for a long time, I can tell you that means absolutely nothing. The Clippers are the masters of the random 5 p.m injury update yeah it doesn't mean anything at noon so yeah. you can look into it now it doesn't matter the clippers are the type of team that doesn't even give you a warning sign they will pull the plug randomly at like 503 in the afternoon so that doesn't mean anything to me i expect to hear some late news i'd be shocked if Kwai plays i don't think he's going to i don't think paul george is going to play either i think you're going to see a bunch of backups out there yeah, and this, I don't know if you believe in revenge spots or not, but Phoenix did go into LA in the second game of the season and got that victory 112 95. And that was with Devin Booker going off for 35 points in that game. Uh, I got to toss it out, though, because Booker might not play. You'd argue the Clippers yeah. would be motivated, but I don't even know if it matters that much. These teams yeah. are, are so much different than they were in the second game of the season already. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, I think we're both on the under here, Scott. Can you make a case for the over? The only case for the over would be if Aiden's out, the Suns play faster, but they won't because Chris yeah. Paul's healthy and yeah. Chris Paul is the master of going slow because he's significantly older and he has to play in the half court. So if you want to go for some player props and maybe Chris Paul assists mm-hmm. and you just hope that he has the ball in his hands so often that he'll be able to just end up getting a lot of volume for assists, do you take any Bridges props? Because he still took 24 shots. He was terrible, but like the volume is crazy. Yeah, and that's the whole thing, right? Like it's it's the volume. Like despite like he still got over his points prop in that Rockets game just because oh, he threw up 24 shots. You should shots. still not get paid for that. I don't even <laughs> care. Four for 24, but he got to 18 last game. And that was because he went eight of eight from uh, the free throw line as well in that game against the Rockets. But look... I think they're obviously going to wait before they drop the props for Devin uh, Booker, or sorry, at least Phoenix Suns players with the news of Devin Booker who's going to be in or not, in or not. Uh, but I guess if the Pelicans. If he's out, you got to consider taking Bridges. I mean, I think you have to just by sheer volume. I don't care if he goes four of twenty-four again; he'll probably get to the free throw line and knock down some. But I'll sacrifice four for twenty-four if he goes like seven for eighteen. That's yeah. the, you're still going over if that happens. Yeah. So. I am starting to see some uh, Paul George player props pop up. Okay. That's a step. Yeah. It means Kawhi is basically guaranteed not to play. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's at 25 and a half for Paul George here tonight. I think he had a pretty good last uh, game last night uh, for the Clippers. Uh, All right. Anything else for this game here, Scott? No, not really. Uh, I'm leaning to the under. All right. Uh, So that's the four game schedule here tonight in the NBA. Let's get over to our locks and dogs for this uh, Thursday night schedule in the NBA. Scott, I will let you lead it off here, my man. What do you got for your lock and dog? All right. Uh, So starting off with the lock, I got to figure out which favorite I want to take because I basically liked all the favorites today. Um, What do I like here? Um, Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with... Uh, what has actually, which I, I'm going to go with what's worked recently. Uh, and I'm going to take the uh, under in the Heat and Rockets game. I see around 218, 218 and a half. I like how Houston's guarded. I think they've actually played very good defense lately. Miami's on a back to back. They might bench a bunch of guys. Even with Jimmy Butler playing, uh, you have seen Miami teams play slower. They don't want Jimmy Butler to run up and down the court. I mean, they're going to be a half-court team the entire game. And defensively, yeah. you're assuming Miami's effort level should be a lot higher with Butler on the floor. I like the under in this game. Back-to-backs for Miami. I expect them to play slow. 
Houston has played slower lately as well. I'm going to look at the under. I think this number is a little bit too high. Okay. Um, and for your dog, what do you like? So I'm going to go with an alt prop on on Zion. I'm going to take him 30-plus points at plus 105. I thought about 35-plus points at around plus 270, which mm-hmm. I'm tempted by. But I am going to go with the 30. I'll play it safe. He's a freight train. This yeah. team can't guard him. Utah's giving up the most points in the paint per game. Zion only at 26 last game because of foul trouble. If he plays north of 30, he has a serious shot of going for 35. Give me the over 30. Give me the over 29 and a half points for Zion or 30 plus at plus 105. I thought about locking it. I just think that he's going to have so much opportunity in this matchup. And it's a, he's such a mismatch for everyone that has to try to guard him. So give me Zion 30 plus points at plus 105. Actually, Terrell's telling me to play 35-plus. I'll play it, too. I'll, la- I'll ladder the Zion points. <laughs> there you go. So two dogs. I'll ladder the Zion points. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, he should have a big game here tonight. Uh, we already talked about how Jazz are the worst uh, team defending the paint. Um, and Zion, like you mentioned, 26 points in 26 minutes last night. Or, sorry, the last game against the Utah Jazz. So, um, yeah, he should have a big game here tonight. Um, all right. For my lock, uh Give me the I know your dog's Grizzlies. gonna be Houston, so I'll just get this. Yeah, it is. Memphis Grizzlies right. minus two uh here tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. We've talked about how great of a team this uh, Memphis Grizzlies team is at home. Ten and three against the spread uh at home so far this season. And it, it's really been weird if you kind of take a look at Milwaukee's travel schedule over the past couple of games there. They've had games where they've gone for like two on the road, and then they've come they've uh come back home and then had to travel again. It's just been weird for them, and I think that now they're traveling back to Memphis. They go home again for Utah again, and then they go on this long road trip. So it's kind of been weird for this Milwaukee Bucks team. So I'm going to go with Memphis here. Give me the minus two. I think this is the public dog of the day. I'm going to go and fade that. I'll take Memphis, John Morant, Triple J, and those guys to take care of business at home here tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. For my dog, uh, I'm going to go with the Rockets in the first half. Give me the money line, plus 125. Uh, they are nine and one against the number in the first half at home over the last 10 games. They've been out to leads. They've been getting out to good starts. Uh, and again, Miami may come out a little bit flat uh, being on a back-to-back situation here where I've had mentioned they are, I think what one in four against spread in back-to-back situation so far this season. I don't know about the first half, but I believe you said that for the full yeah, game. Full game one and four against the spread. So I'm going to play it full game. Uh, I'll play it first half and also play it full game as well. So um I'm going to be on both, though. You guys can pick and choose how you want it uh, for the Rockets here tonight uh, against the Miami Heat. I like how you said uh, they are you know, doing very well in their last 10 games at home in the first half when they've only played 11 home games. So I, like <laughs> how you, I like how you tossed out the first game against against Atlanta just to fit the narrative a little bit. But all right, yes, well, so they're nine the last and 10 one, home games. They've been really good. Yes, nine and true, one, but in all their home games, nine and two. All right, yeah, there you go. Okay, right. that's that's better. <laughs> I, I was just saying they've only played 11, so you know, eliminating the first one doesn't really do much. You know, you can just say the full season, they've been very good. Yeah, I see Terrell in the chat. Maybe Terrell, uh, if you have a lock, Terrell, you want to mention it on the pod before we wrap up here? Uh, going to mention it, but uh, yeah. Four-game schedule here in the NBA here. Scott, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? No, these games are interesting, and we'll see how they unfold. But I do think the Pelicans-Utah uh, game and the uh, Bucks, Pel- and the Bucks-Grizzlies uh, game should be the two most entertaining games of the night, and I don't think it's very close. So I'll probably watch one of those. Probably watch some NFL. I think the game tonight might be hideous, but we'll see how that unfolds. What about you? Are you a multiple TV guy or you like to prioritize one thing and you stick to it? I've, I I have the multiple screens set up and I think over the last like one week or two, I've been like zoned in on like one game that I like um, on these like Tuesday, Wednesday nights. Like well, we'll start off with the basics. Do you get the Amazon Prime broadcast for the Thursday night game? We'll start with the basics. So... I will be honest. I don't remember the last time I watched a Thursday night football game. I do have the prime. Okay. But I don't remember the last time I watched a Thursday night. It football means you're not game. betting enough unders. That's what that means for Thursday night. Yeah. That's what, that's what yeah, it that's might the problem, be as well. But. Yeah. 
Uh, Terrell, before we get out of here, Terrell is locking up the Pelicans here tonight against the Utah Jazz, and then his dog is going to be uh, Triple J's blocks, whatever, at plus money. I think you might have to get that up to two and a half because I saw you one and a half at minus 160. I don't know if it matters, though, because his blocks per minute or whatever stat you want to use, it, it's crazy yeah. how many blocks he gets in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast for the Thursday games. Uh, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow for the NBA Gambling Podcast for the Friday game, so look out for that. Uh, make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast account at SGPN NBA. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. You'll know when we're going to go live. You'll get that notification, so come join the conversation as many of you have uh, daily with us. So appreciate all the listeners, all the guys um, and ladies that are in the uh, comment section um, getting us through the pods. Love answering questions live as well. So uh, definitely make sure to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Reichel Radio. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da-da.